Welcome and thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. When you go to the supermarket to grab some items, what do you find yourself doing when you are selecting some produce, for example? Do you do the same with bread, milk, or meat? What do you do? Do you think those same behaviors enter into your interactions with people? Do you avoid some people because of preconceived notions? Has what you've been taught influenced you more than you really know or care to admit? What will you do when God calls you to walk in a place that you would cross out on your map? Will you go or will you place it back just like the apple that didn't meet your expectations? When God gives a command, are you obedient and respond? You have been called for a purpose. You coming? You got your takes? Let's dive in. This segment is titled Discipleship, the Way of Life, the Entire Place. Let me first say I am so thankful and grateful God doesn't set the standard of perfection in order to be saved. Because if perfection were the standard, I would never have qualified for God's amazing blessing and gift of salvation, sanctification, and this new life as a disciple of Jesus. Believe that. I hope you feel the same way. However, if you have yet to live out this wonderful work of God called discipleship, I pray God brings his marvelous light, life, and the means for you to do it today. The next time you travel to the market and fruit is on the list, consider this when you select it. Just pick it, regardless of the size, color, smell, or how it feels. Just pick it up and put it in your bag. Do you think you can, or will your preconceived notions flood your mind? Well, just so you know, the last time I did, the fruit was just fine. I did notice, though, sometimes my selfish selections turned out different than if I would have just picked it up and put it in a bag. Sometimes the outside can be so deceiving. You catching my drift? Do you think Jesus just picked up the fruit knowing what perfection is and knowing everything was flawed at the fall of man and he takes it and eats it? I believe Jesus just reached into the receptacle and the piece of fruit that touched his hand was the one he selected. I believe this same truth applied to the selection of his disciples because he selected the ones the Father wanted him to have. Listen to this truth of God in John 17, 6-8. I have manifested your name to men whom you gave to me out of the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they have come to know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words which you gave me I have given to them. And they received them and truly understood that I came forth from you, and they believed that you sent me. Now see, if you think those words only applied to that time, then you must have trouble understanding God's word is living and active, which means it applies from the beginning to the end. So it applies now, because we ain't at the end. Believe that. I am so thankful God's perspective is all people need life in and from Him. 
And in order to live eternally with God, you need deliverance from captivity, the domain of darkness of the devil, sin's bondage, and the imprisonment of this planet. God's Spirit goes throughout this entire place, the same as His Spirit filled the entire place where the initial disciples were gathered on Pentecost. God's Word continues to spread throughout time and people in this entire place we call Earth. And we, as disciples of Jesus, must do the same. God brings forth life, and this life permeates everywhere. Therefore, his disciples respond to his commands, just like nature with its trees and plants that produce fruits and vegetables. Trees and plants have been reproducing ever since God's command was given at the time of creation. As disciples of Jesus, we must respond to God's command and reproduce just like everything else he created. Are you obeying and responding with fruit as God commanded and reproducing disciples? If you are not living out God's command to make disciples by living your life pleasing to him, then what are you living for? And if it's other than a life unto God, then I hope what you're living for brings you what you believe or think you need. But believe me, it will never compare to what God can fill your life with. Believe that. I pray after today you are encouraged to see that you have been called for a purpose. And that purpose, according to Matthew 28:19, is a life that makes disciples just like Jesus. Now let's dive back into Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Today we'll be diving into all and baptizing them, so, the first truth, God says all. When God commands all, he means all. Based on what I have come to know and understand about God, when God says something, we as his disciples are to sit up and take note. Well, when God says, make disciples of all the nations, I don't get to choose where I draw the line to include or exclude anyone because God desires for his gospel to go to the entire place, no exceptions. God's command includes all people from all walks of life and from all places to hear the good news about eternal life in his presence. And God communicates this truth in John 17, 3, which says, This is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you sent. This will be the life God promises to give in him that will live on forever in his presence. When you live in God's presence, you are no longer living and affected by distress, suffering, pain, sorrow, grief, trouble, worry, loss, and the damage, destruction, and consequences of sin. Please understand, to know God goes far beyond just knowing his name or assuming his existence. To know him is to know about him. You could hear about someone and may even experience an encounter. Yet you know very little, if anything, about them, so you really don't know them. 
And to know God is to know that there, there is only one true God in this space and time and all the idols, carvings, sculptures, and icons, which are all false gods, have been created by humanity. You will only come to know the Father through Jesus, as Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, as God says in John 14, 6. I pray the following statement becomes a song on your heart as well, and you repeat it as often as you need to until your last breath. And that is this. If God's Spirit is not dwelling in you, and you are not reading His words, how will you know, learn, and understand God's will, ways, heart, love, and desire to have an intimate relationship with all of his disciples forever? Please know, when you enter into an intimate relationship with God, you see his work in yourself and you begin to appreciate his work in all of creation. You see, accept, and acknowledge, regardless of the simplistic, like a blade of grass, to the inconceivable miracle, like life that's formed in a womb. You begin to truly enjoy and marvel at all of God's work. So, if you want to talk about something that's countercultural, that would be the word all. All encompasses everyone regardless of the labels, shape, sizes, belief, religion, skin color, intellectual level, culture, socioeconomic status, race, or gender. Every person walking on the face of this planet has a God-given right to hear the truth about him because sin is wreaking havoc everywhere. And your feelings, emotions, biases, preconceived notions, preconceptions, bigotries, or prejudices are absolutely prohibited from your work as a disciple of Jesus. Because offensive feelings, vindictive emotions, bias, preconceived notions, bigotry, and prejudice are all developed in a heart as a result of sin, which then saturates your mind and you live it out whether you say something or not. If any of the deeds of the flesh trickle into your spiritual life and work as a disciple, your whole lump just got leavened. Instead of the truth of God and his words proceeding from your heart, mind, and speech, then your speech will be not seasoned with salt, and your mission work as a disciple of Jesus becomes a contradiction and hypocrisy is on display through your sinful thoughts, words, and deeds. And all of this is derived from your sinful nature, and it becomes evident for all to see, especially God. But who are these unreached people? Are these the unapproachable, aloof, unsociable, cold, and unfriendly? Or are they just people who are different than you? And what you find is because of their differences in their appearance, ideologies, ideas, beliefs, they are passed by just like the fruit and expected to stay and rot, that is, until they are tossed away with the trash. I'm so thankful God doesn't see like humanity sees, because God looks at the heart. Listen to what God says in 1 Samuel 16, 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, 
Do not look at his appearance or at the height of his statue, because I have rejected him. For God sees not as man sees, for man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So why was Jesus effective in his disciple-making mission when he was making disciples? Well, I would say because he made the first ones and the proof of his work has been going on ever since. Amen? I mean, that's proof all in itself. But I also believe it was also because he knows the Father and he knows our need for the Father. He knows that sin has destroyed humanity's relationship with God and he knows the consequence of spiritual death which takes us away from God. I believe he desires to give spiritual life to all that have been born spiritually dead because sin was passed on to you, because you were born under the curse of God. And without God's love, mercy, and grace, you will never experience the fullness of life that God gives to those he calls his own, and Jesus wants that for you. So he endured the shame, pain, and separation from the Father in your place, so you have this eternal life. Now I suspect if he only truly cared about himself, we're all in the flames, and there is no hope for anyone because all are lost. We are to disciple all people without any distinctions, all throughout the gospel, it was always God's plan for humanity to come to the knowledge of who he is. And that is from Adam to you. God desires for you to know, understand, and experience his love firsthand. And what he truly desires to have with his human creation is an intimate relationship. A relationship with people who truly love him not because of what he has, is, and will do, but because he's a loving God and desires to receive love in return, just like you. Now, with so much more to learn about God over this lifetime that God grants for us to live and enjoy, I can tell you I so look forward to the Godcast when I talk about in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit believe that. But for now, let's jump into the water. Baptize them. This act of baptism is multidirectional, just like the water. As the water confirms movement, life, and cleanliness, baptism confirms one's conviction, belief, and fellowship with the only true God. It not only blesses the one being baptized, but it also blesses the one performing the baptism work and true discipleship is pleasing to God. God the Holy Spirit ignites the disciples' desire to respond in obedience to God's commands and Matthew 28, 19 is a command by Jesus and out of your love for God, you act upon it. I remember when I was first saved. And after a few months, I was attending a service and there was a baptism video announcing the next baptism opportunity for anyone interested in being baptized. Immediately, there was something inside of me that yearned for this action to happen in my life. There was a tugging at my spirituality. And I said to my spouse, 
I gotta do that. This was well before I learned what Jesus said in Mark 16, 15 and 16, which says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved, but he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. At that time, I didn't know anything yet about that truth of God, but I knew in my existence I had to get baptized. And by the grace of God, I was baptized over 17 years ago and can remember just like it was a short time ago. But please understand, this work of God is still has me on fire. Have you been baptized? Now, with all due respect to the ritualistic aspects of religion, I must testify to the truth of what God says. You heard what God said in Matthew 28, 19 and Mark 16, 16. As a disciple of Jesus, you are commanded to make disciples. In your disciple making, and of course with the help of work of God the Holy Spirit, you will make one. Praise God. And now that you've made one, you are to baptize them. And the reason you do is because the convert understands their depravity, the necessity for repentance, and the need for God's forgiveness expressed through his love, grace, and mercy. And they begin their journey being a disciple of Jesus, and they too start walking the way. So, the truth an infant cannot fully understand, comprehend, nor appreciate the significance of what God intends for baptism to represent in the life of a convert that has become the next disciple. So, if you are one, and you may have been through the ritualistic piece of baptism as an infant, and you have a deep desire to be baptized so you can prove you understand, comprehend, and appreciate the significance of what God intended for baptism to represent in your life and proclaim this outward expression to your inward conviction, then jump into the water, my brother. Jump into the water. Amen. If this God cast by if this God cast by the work of God and power of the Holy Spirit has ignited you, please let me know so I can praise God along with you. Believe that. Remember, it's God's word and truths over your influence that renews the mind of the convert. It's the Spirit's work over your efforts that generates new life in the disciple. You are God's instrument he uses to bring salvation to the tent of the next convert. And as faithful disciples of Jesus, you respond to your calling to do the work of God ordained for you that glorious day when God's will, word, and work comes alive in you. That, my fellow disciple, is your Psalm 139.16 moment. You must believe that. And they have been happening all throughout God's word and time, which makes me want to testify about a disciple named Philip. You can find this wonderful work of God in the book of Acts. Specifically, this work of God in Philip is in chapter 4, but we'll be in verse 28. It's God's way of proving what he said about all. Salvation had come to an Ethiopian, and Philip was the instrument God used to bring the truth of the gospel and then baptize him. 
Listen to this. It's Acts 8, 28 through 38. And he was returning and sitting in his chariot and was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the spirit said to Philip, Go up and join his chariot. Philip ran up and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and said, Do you understand what you are reading? And he said, Well, how could I, unless someone guides me? As he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of scripture he was reading was this, He was led as a sheep to slaughter, and as a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he does not open his mouth. In humiliation his judgment was taken away. Who will relate his generation? For his life is removed from the earth. The eunuch answered Philip and said, Please tell me, of whom does the prophet say this, of himself or someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning from the scripture, he preached Jesus to him. And they went along the road, and they came to some water. And a eunuch said, Look, water, what prevents me from being baptized? And Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he ordered the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip as well as the eunuch, and he baptized him. Baptism brings a freshness and a wholesomeness to the new disciple's spiritual life. It doesn't matter the condition of the water, because it's the water of life that flows into the convert, convert's life excuse me, from God. Listen to what Jesus said in John 7:38. He who believes in me, as the scriptures said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Being a disciple of Jesus gives new life a meaning. Let me say that again. Being a disciple of Jesus gives life a new meaning, and serving God as his disciple is a means for the Spirit to complete the work of God in and through his disciples. As a disciple of Jesus, you are to move, and God, by his Spirit, leads his disciples to each ordained moment in time. God provides his spirit to lead, teach, and train each disciple which fashions the convert for discipleship and God's will, ways, and truths go on and on and on. Discipleship is to spread like the watermelon vine that spreads throughout the garden. It starts as a small plant as it breaks the soil. Then it grows and covers the ground in order to produce its tasty fruit. When disciples carry out the work of discipling in their home with the work of the Holy Spirit, their disciple work makes disciples. As they grow, they begin to disciple where they go, and discipleship grows throughout their entire place. When disciples through the power of the Holy Spirit disciple where they're employed, then discipling begins to spread, and now they disciple where they live and go. And when all disciples are discipling where they are planted and led to, then disciples are discipling in the harvest. And the truth of the only true God and Jesus Christ spreads like the watermelon vine and produces the produce of fruit, which are disciples. And the replication of disciple making continues on throughout the entire place. As we head back up, 
Take this with you. When God says all, he means all. You don't pick and choose if you will walk the way. There's no gray area. Either you will or you won't. When you deny the sinful desires of your flesh, you can live, walk, and disciple by the Spirit. God's Word works miracles in the hearts and minds of people. Trust it and use it consistently. As a disciple of Jesus, you are a guide, and you guide converts in the truth of the only true God. As a disciple, you must know the path in order to lead them toward God and eternal life. God's Word must saturate your heart so you will flood your mind and proceed out of your mouth. You must live obediently to God the Holy Spirit's promptings. Baptism is an outward expression to an inward conviction. Disciple-making is your calling from God, and you've got to be making disciples to do the will of the Father. Discipleship must be at the core of your existence, and it will be a common practice in your life. And finally, be like all the disciples from Genesis to Revelation. Preach Jesus. Let me pray for you. Abba, we love you and we thank you for today. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Abba, I don't know what to say. These words that have come forth on the page are coming as a result of the inspiration for your spirit. I thank you for empowering me to be able to put them down on paper. Take them. Use them. Bring forth the truth to the ears that need to hear so that you will be glorified in my life and the lives of those who are disciples and those who you will make new ones. We thank you for today. I thank you for this time. I thank you for your work being carried out in my life. And I thank you and are so grateful, so, so grateful for Jesus. And it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks for tuning in to Diving Deep with DL. The Lord's loving kindness indeed never cease, for his compassions never fail. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Have a great week of worship and keep walking the way.